Now, we see the objective in, as we have been covering, verses 10 to 12, we see the objection here. I'll read it for you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We see here what the objective is, to stand firm and to be strong. We see who we are fighting in addition to the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, even the heavenly places. So be strong. Stand firm in the provision of God, in the power of God. God provides for us power, strength, instruction. We are called to be obedient as we fight Satan and his minions. And in verse 13 and 14, where I last left off last time in 14, I'll read that as we do a brief review on the armor of God. As we looked at two pieces prior, today we will look at number three. Therefore, we are to take up the full armor of God, or put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Now, verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Christian, it's through this armor that we have protection against the schemes of Satan. And it's through this armor that we are derivative of strength, the strength of God. Now let's look at the first element of the armor of God. And this is, in verse 14, this is truth. And the ESV would render this the belt of truth. But our translation says, stand therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Now a Roman soldier's belt supported, protected his lower abdomen. And he had a tunic where he could put his sword, the Roman soldier, and other weapons in there. Now, the belt of truth is representative, to a large extent, the sword of the Spirit linking to the Word of God, where he would put his sword. Now, what scheme or tactic, if you remember, were regarding against with that specific piece of armor? The lies and deception of Satan, of the devil and his minions. Now, we are to use the word of God to combat the lies and deceptions in that pagan day, in this pagan day as well. The second piece of armor that we looked at is also in verse 14. And we are told to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate was also a part of the Roman soldier's protection that would guard his organs from blows and, 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 and things that would be fatal in the course of war. But we made the application that this breastplate is to guard the heart. And we spoke about guarding our heart. Now, number one, we must understand we are protected by the righteousness of Christ as the born-again son and daughter of God, the soldier of God for that matter, has the righteousness of Christ imputed upon them. Romans 4, 6-11. And the schemes that we could stand up against are, number one, the accusations of the devil. He is a slanderer. And number two, the temptations. As we grow in conformity in this righteousness into the image of Christ, we get have confidence that we can resist temptation. So now for today, we look at the third piece of armor. And we make the application of the shoes 
of the gospel of peace. And we will read the verse shortly. But in accordance to the theme of standing firm, we must have the right shoes. And the Roman soldier needed that as well. And these shoes that the Roman soldier would wear, we'll look at them briefly, lend itself to standing firm. So let's read verse 15 as that is our text for today. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Or you could say the shoes of the gospel of peace. Christian, soldier in the army of God. There is a condition that happens to people in war, soldiers. As they are enduring conflict, as they are going through a battle, it's called combat stress. And combat stress is a, a very normal response, a mental and emotional strain that can come when you're engaging in war. And some of the key symptoms of combat stress are fear and worry. And when fear and worry comes upon you, those soldiers in a war, it can lead to despair. And despair is basically a state that is lacking hope or without hope. And in addition to despair, it can lead to doubt. Now, a feeling of uncertainty. A feeling that while you're in the battle, am I going to get out of this alive? Am I going to win this war? What's the sense of the battle? And this can be an example in war, the natural realm, as we cross over into the spiritual realm. You see, because though we fight a different war than the soldier you may see under duress in World War II photos, and even the soldiers that are fighting right now, combat stress can happen to anyone. And certainly can happen to the soldiers in the army of God. You see, we can go through periods as well of despair, of doubt, of a lack of assurance, of a lack of uncertainty. And certainly when we're going through that, it makes it difficult to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, one of the ways we are going to see today the importance of shotting our feet with the gospel of peace shining our feet with the gospel of peace to combat and alleviate distress. Now, what is the gospel of peace? Well, we understand that man is at war with God prior to Jesus Christ, prior to conversion. They are at war. Now, their opposite of peace is conflict, strife, war in itself. It's a separation from God which we once were. But now the gospel, which means good news in light of the bad news, that salvation has now come through Jesus Christ. By grace alone, salvation has come, and it's permanent. It's real. It is for now. It is for tomorrow. And it is forever. You see, Christian, regardless of the missiles and the fiery darts spiritually speaking, that are going over your head, so to say, and it may feel like that, you know one thing. You are no longer an enemy of God. You are no longer estranged to God. The gospel of peace, number one, has reconciled you to God. And that's a starting point. Now, we look at the Ephesians. What would this have meant to them? Historical, grammatical. Well, I see the word peace. This word peace, irony, We saw in chapter 2, and let me read the first usage of it. 
We see it in chapter 2, verse 14, that he reconciled all who were at enmity with God due to separation. And he reconciled Jew and Gentile, religious, non-religious, to each other as well through this. And it reads this, 2.14, For he is our peace, who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of petition between us. But we see what I think really alludes to the gospel of peace in chapter 2, verses 17 to 19. Speaking of Jesus, And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in God's household. So for the Ephesian Christian, they understand peace to that point thus far in the letter. But for us here today, we get more of a bird's eye view. We get a bigger panoramic view. As I'm asked now that you turn to 1129 in your Bible, Romans 5, verses 1 to 5. And I want to point out a couple of things that we now have in our tool belt that helps us stand, shot our feet with the gospel of peace. And in doing so, we are grounded in the gospel of peace. And that is our objective today. So the first thing we see in Romans 5, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. But I want you to see some successive blessings that we have. Some things that help us not only shot our feet, but are grounded. That help us stand firm. Let me show you. In verse 2, through whom we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. This is a stabilizing grace. Stability in the peace of God. Stability with Christ. There is stability for you, Christian. Number one. Number two, we see, continuing in two, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. We have a joy in a future hope. And we'll also see a present joy as well. We have joy that when Christ said it is finished, regardless of what happens here, it is finished. And to coin the phrase that Warren Worsby has used and many others, you must understand something here. We are, as we will unravel this, we are not fighting for victory. We have victory. We fight from victory. You'll see this, God willing. And not only this, we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. We have a steadfastness and a persevering power that comes from our salvation, comes from the spirit of the living God in you. Verse 4, and a perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. There's a present hope that we have here. And this hope has to be understood in light of conflict. And another, something else we see in the latter part of 4 and 5 here. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You have the love of God. And Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ, while you were yet sinners, reconciled you. So this is the starting point. What is the gospel of peace? We are loved of God. We have the grace of God, very now very present. We have the love of God, and we have the persevering power of 
the Almighty God. Now I understand, sometimes in the midst of battle, we can become stressed. But this is our starting point for today. So the gospel of peace makes us ready, first of all, for the battle in the midst of chaos and confusion. Now there's nothing, Satan comes to lie, steal, and destroy. Some major things here, by all means. But there's also the lesser crimes, if you will. He will come to disturb the peace. And so one of the things we have to understand here is that we must put it on. Now, we are to shod our feet. What does the word shod mean? In terms, basically, it's to say, Christians, strap on your sandals. Strap on your war boots. And the Roman soldier would wear sandals that were thickly studded with cleats on the bottom of them, comparable to what you may see in them, uh, a baseball player with spikes. But even, even more so, the cleats were even stronger than the spikes, more of to dig in in the time of battle, further to help us be grounded in the gospel of peace. The first century historian Josephus noted that shoes thickly studded with sharp nails to ensure good grip. And the military successes of both Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar would do in large measure to their armies being well shod and thus able to undertake long marches on an incredible speed under some rough terrain. And as we make our pilgrimage here, we must shod our feet and be grounded with the gospel of peace because we walk through some rough terrain in this wicked, evil age. Now we see the word preparation here. Now, shot our feet with the preparation. Ready to be prepared. A readiness that comes from having a foundation or a base. And we do not see this word anywhere else, but we see it here. That this is a readiness. The establishment of a firm foundation. So we are to put on these shoes to shot our feet with the gospel of peace in addition to girding our loins with truth in addition to the breastplate of righteousness. Now one of the mistakes we can make and we've noted this is to not prepare. You see in military war there, is, there are elements that we have today and tools in the war. The American United States Army has and other armies have as well. And that is sonar and radar. And they can tell when an opponent, they can tell when an enemy is around. And they can even project the probability of an attack or a strike. And to some extent, we have some sort of instinct in the scriptures. And we know what triggers us. And we know certain things. But Christian, we don't have any sort of radar. It's not as if God is going to say, next Tuesday at 4.30, you're going to be attacked by the enemy. That's why it's important to be proactive in putting on this armor of God. We do not want to wait to the battle, times of the battle to put it on, but we want to shot our feet prior. So, the second thing I want to say to you is, now, we must put on the gospel of peace and be grounded. Why so? Well, I've alluded to it already. We want to have peace. We want to have stability in the midst of battle. And peace of mind and peace of the gospel and the promises, knowing who you are, 
can and ought to alleviate some combat stress and bring forth a peace of God and a calm over our heart. You see, we too can, through periods, fall prey to excessive worry. And it brings on doubt. It brings on despair. But there's a remedy for this. Now, the gospel of peace brings ultimate peace, which all other peace is derivative of. Once you have peace with God, then you can get the peace that transcends all understandings, that can guard your hearts and minds in Christ, Philippians 4, 7. So, this peace-bringing power we want to picture in the midst of fighting. So we could be soldiers who are seeing clearly. So we could be soldiers who are stable. So we could be soldiers who will not panic in the midst of attack. And peace to alleviate this. Now putting this, shining our feet with the gospel of peace, think of the cleats, gives us some stability during battle in rough terrain. And one of the doubts that... One of the schemes that Satan will bring upon us is doubt. Now, there's different ways in how he does it, but let me just say we must guard against doubt. A quote from Henry Morris. Satan would bring doubt and rebellion and death, but the whole gospel from creation to redemption to consumption brings assurance and peace in life. Victory in Christ that gives us safe, solid standing as we fight the devil. End quote. Understand that we fight from victory. We fight on a victorious ground, regardless of the stability that we are feeling. Now, one of the things that we could also, and some are here are struggling with insurance. Assurance. You have a, a lack of insurance and uncertainty about many things in this world. But never have the uncertainty of your position in Christ if you have received the gospel of peace. Because you must understand, we win. Nothing can snatch you out of God's hands. For example, John 10.29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. John 6.39 and 40, This is the will of Him who sent me, that all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds his Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise them up on the last day. And First John 5.13 These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So when this battle stress comes upon you, like that soldier, that soldier, you could see him with his head, is this ever going to end? Are we going to win this war? The answer is yes, you win. And from the gospel of peace, we get the other forms of peace with God. Okay, resulting in a stabilizing balance and shotting our feet can keep us stable on solid ground, on Christ the solid rock we stand. Okay, so the next thing I want to tell you about here is why. Now why is it that we're going to continue to come and shot our feet? Another reason as to why. As a soldier in the army of God, you have a certain duty. And you're to go into basically, you can make the application enemy ground, if you will. 
You have a duty to share the gospel of peace. Those who have been changed and received the gospel of peace are those who are to go and give the gospel of peace. We are to share the gospel of peace in a contentious environment. While the context is not speaking directly of evangelism, it is part of our duty. Now let's look at 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord and always be prepared. The preparation of shotting our feet with the gospel of peace. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Now certainly the passage can allude, and many people will think it alludes to Isaiah 52.7 and Romans 10.15, having our feet fitted with the shoes, shotting our feet with the gospel of peace allows us to be ready to share the gospel of all times. And I will say amen. Because the soldier's duty, in addition, Romans 10, 13 to 15, we know that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And that means you do not have to be a preacher in a pulpit. That means in an evangelistic sense, we ought to share what we have received. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet for those who preach the good news. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 speaks a little bit about our spiritual warfare as well, I would argue. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In the case, the God of this world has blinded the mind of unbelievers and keeps them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. As soldiers, we're into this rescue mission. We don't rescue anyone. We just give the message. It's God who does the rescuing, but he uses the soldiers. He uses the army of God for this purpose. And this is part of our duty. Now, we need to advance at times into Satan's territory, and there is warfare that we deal with. And maybe we would rather just disregard it. But Christian, we're here for whatever time we're here to do our due diligence, to do our duty as unto the Lord. So, we are to have peace in the midst of attack. We are to understand He will come against us with schemes, doubts, despair, so on and so forth, as we can fall prey sometimes to this in the spiritual war. We're also to be ambassadors of this peace ambassadors of this reconciliation. Now, if you know you have the victory in Christ based upon, I think, what we've established thus far, and certainly there is more. But it's time for us to do a little bit of a reflection. Now, certainly we are to walk by faith, and that's putting on the armor of God is walking by faith, but we're not void of feelings. I want to ask you a question. Do you currently have a state of peace or are you under this battle stress? And there's no condemnation for either answer. But I want to ask you that. Are you currently very doubtful, knowing that you are a child of God, 
But knowing some of the warfare that has come against you, maybe you haven't approached this correctly. Maybe you've done some of this in your own strength. Maybe you're a little wounded, quite frankly. It's time to really consider how to fight if we are not fighting this correctly. Okay. Now, there are times when distress will come upon us. There are times in the Psalms as well when you will have periods of distress. But what we have to understand is putting on, shining our feet with the gospel of peace doesn't mean that the stress will ultimately dissipate. It may. And I pray there's three things that could happen here today. The stress could leave. Stress could absolutely leave you. The stress can be lessened. But I think the sure thing here is that we are to walk in the battle with the tools that God has given us, with the strength that we have, with the promises of God, with the victory of God. And I think in doing that, we will be more successful to combat the doubt, the despair, the fear, the worry, if that's you. Now, how do I shod my feet with the gospel of feet, with gospel of peace? Now, how do I do this? Well, it may come to your mind, there must be some spiritual discipline that we must do. And that's not incorrect. By all means, you must employ spiritual disciplines of all sorts. And in the text, there's the wielding of the sword. There's prayer in verse 18 to 20, by all means. But I want to suggest something to you. And it is, in fact, a spiritual discipline. Not so much about you doing anything except believing in what you have and who your God is. Consider that for a minute. This is not in our power to do anything other than to use what has been given. This is to walk in the victory Christ provided. And many times we can walk in defeat for several reasons. We're just tired. The stress is a bit much. But we cannot bow out. There's no, as I said, no conscientious objectors. This is a war that we're in. And sometimes the war is, there's a peaceable, more peaceable time. And sometimes it's heavy warfare. But nevertheless, we must be prepared. And very often, we are not fighting with the victory that God has provided, with the tools that God has provided, with the armor of God. I found this in myself. I find it in many others. So today, maybe one of those three scenarios will come. Maybe the stress, if that's you, will be lifted. Praise God. Maybe it'll be lessened, or maybe it'll be where it is, but we'll be able to shot our feet and plow through on the rough terrain. Now, stress that you may be enduring, and there's a strong possibility that it's been brought on by worry, as we noted. But there's a difference, Christian, with your walk. Being concerned about what's happening in the war world. Being concerned with life and being worried. They're two different things. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27, that worry does not add anything to your life. It just doesn't. But the reality is that worry can 
add something to your life. It could add stress, sickness. It could affect our entire bodies, our minds. This is why we have to shot our feet on a continual basis. Now, the physical sickness that comes from worry may be a result. It may not be from warfare. It just may be from other aspects of our life. Something was said this morning that was very, very telling and very true. And we spoke a little bit about, about sin. We're dead to sin. This is a little bit of a side note here. Sometimes, though we are dead to sin, sin gets in our life because we don't shut the door fully. And that then brings forth worry. And that then brings forth anxiety. So all of these things, when we're doing that, we are not shutting our feet with the gospel of peace. Understand, Christian, what you have. Again, we're not trying to conjure up some strategy here to defeat Satan. He's already defeated. We're trying to walk in victory. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Walk in the victory of Christ. Shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Now I understand here there may be someone who's not yet a Christian. And you've heard the message and you're here. And you're hearing that you've got to be a Christian. That's the way it goes. You heard about all of these promises that come to you. And then there's the promise of eternal life and eternal death. Maybe you've heard that. But there may be someone here who's saying, Satan, warfare, stress, why in the world would I want to be a Christian? You may be saying that. But I want to tell you something. Understand something. Everybody's in a war. Everyone's fighting. We're all in a war. We fight Satan. We win in Christ. But if that's you and you're fighting God, you're going to lose that battle. Everyone is warring either against Satan or God. Be victorious. Come to Jesus Christ today. Christian, if you are struggling with excessive worry, doubt that comes from combat. I pray today that you utilize what we have in Christ and shod your feet with the gospel of peace because God's word is yes and amen. And our God wins. The fix is in, kids. He wins. We are victorious. We may have to fight, but we'll be victorious. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Father God, we give thanks, Lord, for victory in Jesus, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to wage our warfare. Train our hands for war, Heavenly Father. Show us what we need. Fill us with power and dude from on high. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Teach us to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. Teach us, Lord, how to be part of this great, great rescue mission here on earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.